Our Father, we do celebrate the, your great sovereign providence that indeed found a way by which sinful man might be, might be reconciled to a God who had been offended by man's sin. You found a way. You designed such a glorious salvation, one that is, is rich in mercy and loving kindness, one in which we find you ready to forgive, quick to forgive. Oh God, we glory in your salvation, uh, understanding and thanking you that it is designed so perfectly to meet the needs of sinners such as I. I pray, oh God, that as we gather our, uh, for worship today, that be, we will be reminded of the great salvation wrought in Christ and its availability to any man who will lay hold to Jesus Christ by faith and by faith alone. I pray, Father, that as we gather today, we might be reminded that our, our foremost responsibility is to worship, that you have called us into being to be a band of holy priests, people who engage in worship, regularly, people who have encountered God on an ongoing basis. And I pray, Lord, that you will be with us this day, that your Holy Spirit will be in our presence this hour so that your people's hearts might be moved, that they might be altered and brought into conformity more with Jesus Christ. Father, we are not here to go through an hour-long ritual that will do that will fit neatly into our checklist of things to do every week but that this hour might be spent engaging and engaged that we might find ourselves walking away from here having heard something that has touched our hearts in a way that it will make us new people different people we are on a journey O oh god a journey to become more and more like jesus christ might a little of that happen this day. Meet us, O oh God. Meet us individually. Meet us corporately. Meet us at this table. Meet us at the offering plate. Meet us, O oh God, where we are so that we might walk away from here knowing that it is not idle ritual that we have participated in, but it is worship. Hear our voices, O oh God. They have been made strong through your grace. We are a people who love repentance. We are a people who love the matchless sound of grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I would encourage you to think again about singing Easter music with us this, this season. It's a great opportunity to exercise some gifts that perhaps have lain dormant. Exodus chapter 12. Let me begin reading at verse 21. <clears throat> then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. <clears throat> and you... <clears throat> Pardon me. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, 
and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that, he, that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? That you shall say, It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. <clears throat> I think most of you know that we have been, uh, for the last three weeks, and this will be make four, in the midst of a series on worship. And I've been trying to define for you the essence, the heart and soul, the, the heartbeat of worship. And uh, so we've done that for three weeks, and then I thought... Um, I wanted to take advantage of this Sunday where we are um, observing the Lord's Supper to take one more Sunday out, uh, devote it to the issue of worship, and try to give you a, um, hopefully, a, a fuller-orbed understanding of what's going on and why is it that we observe the Lord's Supper so regularly, so often, uh, once a month. And there are many churches, of course, as you might know, that observe it far more frequently than we. But I, I wondered if this thing had, uh, like, like so many other things, had fallen into some kind of uh, rote, and because it has, it has lost meaning for so many of us. And what I'm trying to do is, is prevent that from happening by giving you some kind of data, some kind of input that will help you once again, uh, this sacrament, enliven in your soul the kinds of things that it's supposed to. Why, why is it that we observe this? What's going on here? At least what is supposed to go on and what do we hope is going on in terms of the observation of the Lord's Supper? You do know, don't you, that this is the sacrament that got the Christian church into such trouble with Rome. This is the, this is the thing that the, the church was doing that was abhorrent to the Roman Empire and ultimately uh, caused the Roman Empire to crack down and, and sacrifice Christians. It was this sacrament because we were charged with being cannibals. Uh, the Roman Empire thought they had in their midst a, a group of people who were cannibals, <coughs> who were drinking blood and eating flesh. So something had to be done. And of course, that's when she uh, cracked down on the, on the Christian church. But you, you may have wondered yourself why the Christian church um, so often emphasizes this thing, which for many of us is nothing more than kind of a by-Sunday. You know, the sermons are shorter. Uh, we get to um, uh, entertain our children a little bit. You know, they, they, they don't get lost in it because, you know, there's something they can do. And, and so um, I'm glad for Communion Sunday because at least we don't have to listen to Jimmy quite as long. 
uh, and things kind of move around a bit, you know, and, and that keeps me awake. And uh, so maybe, maybe it's grown to be not much more than that. Well, guys, there's lots of ways that I could take you this morning. Lots of ways that I could try to, but I, I want to try to give you the heart and soul uh, of this thing, <clears throat> what it's up to, what it's trying to do, and what we're supposed to, how it is that we're, you and I are supposed to benefit. The one thing that I want to say just uh, kind of as a side road before we get to the major heart of the matter is that part of the reason that I enjoy this sacrament is because it demands something of you. I think one of the things that, that Gracie Van does very poorly, very poorly, is get you to participate in worship. Um, you are spectators, you, and, and, and we've made you that in large measure. Uh, when the offering plate comes by, you can participate a bit. Um, but um, some of you, uh, in, the, in, the, in the section that's designed to elicit participation from you, that is, the singing... Um, you kind of take a buy, you know, uh, you know, put me down for no interest. The, 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 the music portion is not simply to, to uh, encourage you to listen. It is to encourage you to participate, to get in there and sing those lofty phrases yourself. Well, we don't do very good at that. We don't offer you a whole lot of opportunities, and that's why you see me from time to time working in the Lord's Prayer. Um... You know, we can go to responsive readings if you like, which I don't think many of you would. I went to worship service about three weeks ago. It was a Sunday night service, and they handed us a, a worship folder that was 16 pages long. And we flipped through that thing the whole time, reading things. I mean, we read all kinds of things. And, and whereas I, I didn't particularly enjoy that, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to give people an opportunity to participate in the worship service. Now, here's my point. Here's an occasion for you, ladies and gentlemen. The other three weeks a month, you may be nothing more than an idle spectator, but not this morning. Not this morning. You are going to have to make some choices. You are going to have to so engage that you're going to have to figure out, number one, am I worthy to participate? Number two, is my sin confessed such that I should participate? We are, you, are, you are being asked to really engage in this week. Maybe not in what Jimmy says, but in what you're about to do as you were served this morning. You have to think through some things. I'll tell you about one of them as we close, but let me, well, let me get to what I think and I love to be the heart of the matter. In a very real sense, ladies and gentlemen, from one perspective... This is just one more example of the genius of God. That's right, I said genius. It's a piece of genius, in my opinion, on the part of God. Let's say that you're some kind of uh, oriental potentate, and uh, you have just engaged in battle with your greatest enemy. And you have led your armies out onto the fields of battle, and um, you want... Great deliverance from the oppression of your enemies, and you just squashed them. And so you, as the uh, oriental potentate, decide after the battle has been won, I, you know, I would really like to make sure that this victory out here on the battlefields is never forgotten. I don't want to ever, you know, right, see a generation grow up 
that doesn't remember this great big head out here on the fields of battle against our enemies. So I've got to figure out a way, as the Oriental potentate, I've got to figure out a way that everybody will remember this age after age after age after age. Now what can I do? Well, I could uh, put together a plaque. You know, a, a pretty plaque, gold plaque, big plaque. And I could inscribe it with all that went on, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, those plaques, uh, they have a way of being easily lost and, and, and destroyed. Or I could build a statue of myself. I, you know, I would like that, to have people uh, remembering my name. And, uh, but, you know, those things have a tendency to get pushed over and destroyed, like we saw with Lenin and all of his statues to himself. Or I could build a monument, just a monument, um, you know, dedicated to this grand victory that we have enjoyed out here over our enemies. But, you know, monuments, over time... They have a way of, um, you know, the, the engraved words inside those monuments, they get worn and, and unreadable, and the pigeons kind of collect on them, and, and um, it, you know, they even have been covered up uh, over the sands of time, you know. And so I'm, I'm not sure that will work. My, my point, that's, that's, not a, that's a very crude illustration, ladies and gentlemen, but what I'm simply trying to tell you is, there was an event that occurred in the life of the Christian church that God made sure that nobody ever forgot. God was going to make sure that you and I, whereas we could forget all ten of the commandments... You know, ladies and gentlemen, I wonder how many of you here today could, could, could read off the first ten commandments. Probably none of us could give us the first ten commandments. You can, you can maybe forget a couple of those. You could maybe forget all the Beatitudes that you memorized in vacation Bible school. But there's something that you cannot forget. You will not forget, says God. You're not going to forget the, the cornerstone, the centerpiece of redemption. You're not going to forget that. And how did he do it? That is, what is the way that he found to make sure that we wouldn't forget? That. We're going to celebrate it all. And, and, you know, that's what our text talked about when you get into the promised land. Year after year after year after year, I want you to, I want you to celebrate. And when your children say, Daddy, why are we doing this? Then you say, well, son, when you watch Dr. Young up there and he takes that loaf of bread and after he gets finished coughing on it, um, he, he breaks it. Do you know what he means by that, son? He is trying to make us remember the broken body of Jesus Christ. Now, son, what does that liquid in the little plastic cups remind you of? Well, daddy, daddy, that, that makes me think of blood. Well, that's right, son. That's what it's supposed to do because what we're going to do is we're going to pour it out into our mouths, but... And that's the reason that we do this, because it's reminding us of the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ that none of us... Do you understand that, son? Well, not really, Daddy. Okay, well, you just stay out of it for today and uh, let Mommy and Daddy enjoy this reminder. You see, gang, the sacraments are a, are a lesson. It's a piece of instruction. It's a training tool. It's a, it's, a, it's a jar to our memories. 
Oh, we got caught up in the, in the uh, uh, downsizing that our company just went through. Oh, we, um, we got caught up in the fact that the neighbors are being mean to us. And then we come to church, and then Dr. Young does his thing. I'm glad that's short today, but, but then we're confronted with this. I've got to tell you a story. Um, years ago, um, Susie and I, uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, attended a church that had gone on record. They were publicly on record as being opposed to some of the things that you and I hold dear. For instance, inspiration. That is the inspiration and authority of this book. They were on record as being opposed to that. So Susie and I were there, and we happened to be there on a Sunday that they were distributing the Lord's Supper. And I sat in my chair and I said, I'm not taking this thing. I'm not doing it. I'm not about to participate in the Lord's Supper in a place that doesn't even believe the Word of God. No, sir. Um, I wouldn't dream of participating in this sacred moment with people who are so liberal. But as I sat there and reasoned a little bit further, I concluded that that the sacredness of these elements do not depend on the people doing the distributing. Um, those things are sacred, not because they were bought at Cecil's. Their sacredness has nothing to do with me nor you. They have to do with the fact that God poured meaning into them. He poured a rich, redemptive meaning into bread. He poured rich, redemptive reminders in things that I can buy on sale at Cecil's and use a coupon. But when they are set aside for this purpose, in this setting, they are supposed to do something to us. Number one, they're supposed to jar our memory. Oh, oh, yes, 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 I remember now. Jesus and all that he's done for me, a sinner. And because he has done that for me, I'm forgiven, I'm set free, I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah, I got some problems at work. But for right now, I'm reminded by a couple of things that... You know, I find in the break room at work, I'm reminded by those things of the very centerpiece of my faith. This thing has meaning. I mean, those things have meaning, ladies and gentlemen. Because Jesus said, this is my body. That's what happened. And so it doesn't matter who distributes it. I'm not going to take from that. I mean, look at that. You know, did you see who the elders of that church are? Well, it doesn't matter. And gang, if we sit in our chairs and engage with these elements by faith, what we've been promised 
is the Lord's presence as we do. The meaning is impossible to miss. Because I can tell you that Jesus was a man. He wasn't born of a virgin. I can tell you that I don't believe any of those things. That he wasn't God. And I can tell you that he sinned and he was the product of some Roman, li I mean, some liaison between Mary and a Roman soldier. And I can tell you that Jesus didn't die on the cross. All he did was swoon. I can tell you that the disciples stole the body from the grave and he really didn't resurrect. None of which I believe, ladies and gentlemen. All of those things are outrageous lies but I can sit up here and tell you that all day long but when we go there you can't miss it you just can't miss it because Jesus set aside these things and filled them with rich meaning Ladies and gentlemen, in our text's case, it of course has to do with the Passover, God delivering Israel from Egypt. You know that story, I hope, about the death angels and all that business. And, and then Moses tells the fathers of Israel, don't let your sons forget this. Don't do that. Tell them year after year after year. In our case, ladies and gentlemen, in the case of the Lord's Supper, there was another house of bondage from which we've been delivered. It's called sin. And ladies and gentlemen, because of what is represented by these two little common elements down here, you and I have been delivered from the bondage of sin by broken body and shed blood. Sacraments are nothing more than reminders to a forgetful people. One last thing. Who ought to participate? Well, you've got to be a member in good standing of Grace Evangelical Church. No, ladies and gentlemen, that's not, that's not uh, how you're qualified. The people who ought to participate in this are those, whatever their membership is, are people who have savingly joined their souls to Jesus Christ with a hand of faith. That is, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? If you are, this is a reminder for you. I'll give you one other provision. Because I think this is a biblical uh, admonition as well. You got problems with your wife? Your husband? Did you drive over here arguing and fussing and fighting? And, uh, is there something between a neighbor? Something at the office that is ugly and you walked out of there Friday and mad as a hornet? Don't take. Use this as a reminder that I gotta go get that right. And then next month, I'll bring a ravenous appetite to this table. But I'm gonna get that sin taken care of. And once, once we've eliminated that, then I can come with a clean conscience and enjoy something that God has provided. Ladies and gentlemen,
Here's your chance. Don't miss this this morning. Our Father, I do pray that as we gather around <clears throat> things which are uh, common to all of us, that you will remind us richly, deeply, significantly, profoundly that we have been delivered from a house of bondage and we've been delivered because Jesus Christ died in our place. And that we are here to enjoy a fresh reminder of that grand and glorious event. And we bring to our participation faith. Flawed faith, imperfect faith, weak faith. But we bring faith. Faith that Jesus Christ is the only way by which we will ever be forgiven. Lord Jesus, meet us here. Meet us here that we might dine with you. We ask it in Jesus' name.